breakfast in the house, if you would, every eye that's closed. There's a mighty move of the Spirit of God in this house right now. And there are needs that in this house you need God to reveal himself as the mighty God in healing, in peace, in strength, and direction. And he's in this house right now to do that for everyone that is here. Hallelujah. He's not here just so you would just feel good, but he's here to minister to you today. The glory of God is here. I don't know where you are or what your need is right now, but before we go any further in this service, somebody needs to get something from God right here, right now. Somebody may need to just get a good refilling of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You say that's not the order of things. Yes, it is, because when God's here, anything is possible. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God. If there's a need in your life or you really want something with God right now, I would like you to extend your hands toward heaven. You lift your voice right now, and as we pray together, let the Spirit of God minister to you in this house. This is His house. This is His glory. In the name of Jesus, God, you see every mind, O oh Lord, that is confused and struggling. You see, O oh Lord, every body, God, that is battling physically right now, and you know every spirit, Lord, that is coming against your people. In the name of Jesus right now, Lord, strengthen your people. Refill individuals with the Holy Ghost right now in this house, Lord. Work your will, Lord, I pray. And every life, God, that is here among our children and young people, God, and every adult, Lord, that is in this house. God, let your glory, Lord, I pray, fill this house, Lord. Fill every mind, oh God, that peace, oh Lord, would abide in them. Lord, we need you, Jesus, right now. God, we cannot do it on our own, Lord. We need the presence of God. Come on, somebody needs to let go. Somebody needs to let go and let God work in your life right now. Come on, you came to the house of God to hear from God and he's talking to you right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody begin to worship God. You need to praise your way out of your situation right now. The glory of God is here and you need to let him work in your life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, guest, raise your hands to God right now. Come on, the God of heaven is here. Your creator, the one who made you, the one that loves you. Come on, come on, there's a presence of God here. Come on, somebody needs a refilling of the Holy Ghost to give you strength for your battle. You can't make it on your own. You don't have the strength to do it. But God is here to give you strength today. God is here to bind us together, bind our homes together in unity, to bind this church together in unity. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To you be all glory and honor and praise today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe God prepares us to receive the word of the Lord, and he's doing that right now in this house. We welcome every one of you here today, all of our guests. We welcome you here to the Palace of Praise. So glad to have you and all of those that are online. Uh, several have texted me today saying they're not going to be here. Some battling with this smoke stuff, and it's not good for people with asthma and other things, and so I completely understand those things. But I'm glad we've survived. I know the Burtons are out there close to the fire and what, a couple of miles from your house or whatever and God kept protecting them and we've all been seeing the smoke. I came into the sanctuary and Darrell and I was in here and we turned on, I don't know if it's this one or one of these spotlights and was standing up there and this room just had smoke all in it. It was full of smoke, this room. Which is surprising it didn't set off our smoke detectors because it did set them off at our house. We literally had smoke detectors going off because the smoke was so thick in the house. We were like, what is that noise? When we came back in the house, sure enough, it was our smoke detectors because the smoke was so thick in our houses. I don't think we realized how much smoke was really in this place and around us the last few days. But you know what? You're still alive, so God kept you through all of this stuff. Amen? God's kept us, protected us. I know... Sister Kelsey sent us some pictures, and I don't know, it looked like a root back a few years ago, you know, and what was going on in that country, you know, the red 
sky and I mean just nasty looking folks but God has kept us but we would I would like for us before we go we're going to go to Mark 5 in just a moment before we go there there are definitely needs we need to be praying about right now in the house of God there are people that um, apostolics that have been affected by this fire and all of this stuff and some who may still be affected by it because it's still getting close to some of them I uh, talked to a district superintendent he uh, lives uh, way up close to uh, Mount Hood on up that way him and Shane and them and uh, because of precautionary uh, reasons they literally turned off all of their power and everything to them so they they were down power so uh, he said, thank God he still has a house that he's trying to sell in Gresham. So he moved back into his house in Gresham so that he could have electricity and be safe from the fire. So our district has been affected by that. Uh, Brother Van Dievener, there, the pastor in Medford. He has four families that have been hanging out in his home with his family, which is a good size. And his aunt, who is in their church there, she's lost her house and everything. It burnt completely to the ground. Some more families in their church have lost lots of stuff. If not burnt completely down, there's been major damage done to their homes. And so they're in a great need there. Um, also in other churches are the same situation. They're, some are being displaced. Some churches are not able to have church today because uh, the smoke and stuff is too close. They're under evacuation. Our presser, Brother Gleason, is residing in uh, Washington right now, him and his family, because they were under evacuation order. And so they got an Airbnb and they moved up to Washington. So he's had to be displaced. And Jeremy Pollard, which many of you know, which is the son-in-law, uh, his family all took off to the Airbnb while he stayed at home to protect all of his animals, if he can, to keep them alive, and protect his house from looting, which they say that's not really happening. Well, he's a police officer. He can tell you it is really what is happening. They, they're saying, no, that's not what's, oh, yes, it is. People are looting so it is happening. So what I'm saying is we need to pray for all of these needs. And let me insert this also. If you want to go on tithely and, and give an offering and just label on there, uh, just put fire. There we go. And, that, and it won't be for our revival. It'll be for to help these people and just put fire on there. Any monies we receive, we will send the district to set up a fund for us to help these. Because these families down in Medford and stuff, it'll be a while before they can get any type of insurance money to help them at all. And so Brother Van Dever and them, they are being overwhelmed financially and being able to help all of these people. So if you would like to contribute to that, I'm not pushing that or making that a big deal, but if you'd like to help contribute to that, we will be sending all any monies that come in plus additional funds I'll be sending from me personally and from the church to help these fine folks. Amen. So anyway, I think we need to pray right now. We do have a great report. Uh, Elder Sister Star, which I told you was not doing very well. She is doing better now and so it looks like she may come out of this COVID-19 deal and yes they lost elder brother star and brother Jess star is doing better also and so we thank the Lord that he is touching and healing still and working for these folks amen would you join with me and let's pray for these folks today God we again, Lord, turn our eyes unto you, the King of glory. Lord, I know that you are working in this world. You're working, oh God, to wake up, Lord, humanity, Lord, and help us to be aware, God, of you, Lord, are in control of everything, both in heaven and here on earth, Lord. But God, I pray, Lord, for these that have been displaced, Lord, because of the fire and those, Lord, that have lost all of their possessions, oh God, and yet, Lord, you have protected them and kept them safe, Lord, physically. I thank you, God, for that. But, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them, help them, Lord Jesus, at this time. God, that the peace of God would be in their minds and their hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would be with these pastors and ministers, Lord, that you give them words of wisdom to speak unto them, God, to give them, oh, Lord, direction in their life and also, God, to calm down their fears, Lord, and to help them. I pray, God, you would help and help each and every one of us to bless them, Lord, and minister to them during this time. God, work in this service today. Day. Work your perfect will, I pray, Lord, in the midst of us, God. Individuals, Lord, to be healed today. Individuals today, oh God, to receive, Lord, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Your will to be done, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to Mark chapter 5. It's great to have all of our guests with us today. 
great to have Christy and them here with us today. Christy thought she, you know, she couldn't run from us. We would find her. She went to the store the other day, and my wife was there, and so she ran into her, and then, then I went to the chiropractor. I, I don't know why, but I just went there just to visit, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I was in the chiropractor, walked down the hall, and there she stands. Sue's like, you can't, you can run, but you can't hide from us. We're free everywhere. So it's great to have her and Amani here today and Sister Hale, but all the rest of you too today. It's great to have you in the house of God. I, I'm going to only read two verses of scripture, but stay there because I'm going to immediately, almost immediately read uh, a larger portion of scripture to give you the context, but I'm going to be kind to you while you're standing. Amen. And it's great to have our two beautiful angels with us today too. I told them they're just growing too fast. Somebody's putting miracle grow in their shoes or something. I don't know, but they are growing way too fast. Mark chapter 5. Look at verse 5 first. Mark chapter 5 and verse 5. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Always. Everybody say always. There was no relief from this. There was no pause from this. Night and day. Now then look at verse number 15 of the same chapter. And they come to Jesus and see him that was being tormented day and night. Who was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And look at their response. They were afraid. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's sitting down and he's clothed. He doesn't have chains on him anymore. He doesn't have fetters on him anymore. He's not cutting himself with stone. He's sitting and clothed and their reaction is, <gasps> they're afraid. <laughs> Why? Because they could not explain how this has happened. Humanity cannot understand what has happened to you. Your family think you're weird. You know why? Because they can't explain what has happened to you. Because they see you before and they see you after. Now, they love to show those pictures and those weight loss things that before, 40 pounds later, here. It's so interesting to me, too. They don't just do the weight. They over here, after between the they brighten up their teeth really white. You ever notice this? Change the hair different over here. Change their clothes to a brighter color. Is anybody getting me? They paint up the whole picture here different. But before and after, and you go, wow, i got to have that. Because look how much it changed them. Let me tell you, it's not going to change you that much unless you go all the other ways too, okay? But here's the point. But the change that has been made in us before and after Christ is greater than any weight loss, any program you can be on. And get, let me say, it's more beneficial too. Because you can lose weight and just a few more of those pies and a few more of those gallons of ice cream at night, you'll be back to where you were before. But God can set you free and you will never be back to where you was before. You'll never be what you were before. You're never going to look like you did before. You're never going to act because we have got a power that can change us like no other power can change people, folks. How many of you have been changed by the power of God? Hallelujah. Some kids say, well, I've been raised in the church. Yeah, let me tell you, some of you were little devils. And God has changed your attitude, changed your spirit, changed you, and you don't even know what you would be if it wasn't for the power of God and you being able to be raised in the church. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I want to read now this story because I think it's important that you catch. I gave you the two verses that I'm highlighting today. But I want to now read it so you get a context of exactly what we are dealing with today. There are so many things. I, I tell you what, I, some of you may not know this. And I'm not tooting my horn or patting myself on the back. But I'm not, I have not been preaching sermons 
for several weeks. I've been giving you a message from God. And how do you know that, Pastor? Because I didn't get this off the internet. I didn't get these things off of some, listen to somebody else preaching. I got this because I was praying and studying and God giving me things that you, I, I, didn't, I, I don't find in commentaries. I don't find anywhere. Stuff like last week's message. I don't know how many people have texted me, emailed me. Get this. People that don't even go to our church and don't even live even around this place. It's probably because of Truth Radio or whatever. Responding to us and saying, man, that message is really changing my mind. What, have I'm, what are you saying? I'm not saying this is good about me. What I'm saying is God knows where we're at. He loves you enough to give you a message of where you are at. Don't be a worrier. Be a warrior in Jesus' name. Okay, I'm not going there. Let's go back to verse number one of this. Is it all right if I read a few verses here this today? I, I tell you what, I'm going to take my jacket off because for some reason I get excited and I get really sweaty by the time I get done up here. Folks, I work hard up here. I'm going to tell you what, I, I, play, I don't play games. I work hard. Verse one. Now, here's the story. It's unfolding in its entirety. It says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately, immediately, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, you say, what's key about that word immediately? We're going to deal with this in just a moment. Tell me who was in control. Who was in control of this man? In a minute we'll see it. The spirits. But when Jesus shows up, he immediately goes to Jesus. A man that was literally being controlled by spirits. Because it's showing who's really in control and who is the greatest spirit. Because those spirits could not keep this human body from the great spirit of the Almighty God. Immediately he goes to him. Now look, who had his dwellings among the tombs and no man could bind him? No, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains, and there's a lot of stuff we're going to explain here that just didn't make a lot of sense when I was reading it. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him like a wild animal. And always, as our verse we read earlier, night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Because spirits, now get this, Jesus has never spoken a word of deliverance yet. But spirits could not keep this man from worshipping God. Some of you need to understand, we give the devil too much credit and too much power. We need to understand who's really in control and who is really the big kahuna. God is the one that is in control and His Spirit is superior to every spirit you're ever going to face. Now let's read on here. And they cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Where he said unto them, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Can I pause and just say this? <laughs> Here's a thought, and I'm working on a sermon that kind of goes with this. Can I just give you a little insight to this? I wish the apostolic church had as much unity as the devils do in hell. You say, what do you mean by that? Okay, he just said, my name is Legion. When we are, 
How many voices are you hearing speaking for the many? And are they fighting each other on what the message should be? Are they fighting about what? You don't hear a bunch of voices trying to speak at the same time because even in them, these spirits, there's unity and they are recognizing one voice to speak for them all. Isn't that a good sermon? To be continued. I just thought we needed to say that, that. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And that's interesting. And all the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. Okay, now you can go because who's in control? And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep cliff into the sea. There was about 2,000 of those pigs, and they were choked in the sea because the spirits did not kill them. Spirits caused them to kill themselves, and that's what's going on even in our society today. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come, here's that verse, to Jesus and see him with the that was with him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of the, their coast. And he was come into the ship. He that had been possessed of the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not because he said, I didn't do this so you could go with me. I've got a mission for you. Go home to thy friends. And tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. Because it's not about you just following me. It's about you fulfilling my purpose in your life. And hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis. How great things Jesus had done for him. Personal testimony. And all men did marvel. So interesting how our story begins by defining the setting of this story as an unfold. It says, in the country of the Gadarenes. Now, oftentimes, unclean spirits surround itself with unclean things. Realize, he had an unclean spirit. Where was he dwelling? Among the tombs, which is an unclean place. What was he doing? He was in a place of rejection. This area of, that he was going to, the Gadarenes, this is where a lot of those that were rejected from the children or the people in Israel didn't really want, they sent them to this area. This is where this inhabitants was. And we'll show you some examples in just a moment which explain some of this. Is it went to these people that were kind of the outcasts or the rebels of people. That's where they were sent. That's the reason why when you start looking at the story, you find a story that says there were 200 pigs there. Now make sense of that. The children of Israel were not supposed to be eating And we're not saying five or six. What did it say? It said it was. So they wasn't just raising it so they could have a little sausage to eat with their eggs. They wasn't having it so they just have a little ham on Thanksgiving Day. Ha ha. On Thanksgiving Day. They wasn't doing that for those stuff. They were literally raising tons of swine and pigs. So there's two things you got to deduct from it. Either they were raising them to sell them to the Romans who were eating pigs. Or else, they were a bunch of rebels who said, Meh, I'm never going to obey the law of God. And could that be maybe what was going on? Number one is the fact they were raising was violating it. So then maybe, could that maybe explain why we have a man that has many spirits and demons in him because it was in an area that was being dominated by rebellious people? Is anybody hearing me? Do you understand what's going on in this Portland area, Lower Beaverton area, this stronghold? Every day, literally every day, we are in the news. Every single day, we are in the news. It's the reason why we've got pastors of churches that are 2,000 plus miles away from them that have instructed their prayer teams to be praying for this Aloha Beaverton 
Portland area right here because they understand looking from where they are what we're in the middle of. We're in an area full of rebellion and spirits. We're dealing with things, folks, that we cannot handle on our own. This church does not have the finances to resolve this issue. We cannot resolve these issues. We're going to have to trust God. Can somebody say amen? Now, I want you to look at this. Remember, I just said a while ago, who was in control of this human temple? Who was in control of it? It was the spirits that were in control. See, this man's situation was at the mercy of these spirits who had no mercy on him whatsoever. Now look at this. Look at his physical location. This man is still alive, but he's not in control. He's alive, but he's not in control. I'm sure that there could have been multiple places in that area that he could go and stay and be and and could have lived. But the spirits take him to the graveyard. The spirits take him to where the tombs are. It takes him to the place of death, folks, a place of sorrow. The spirits take him even physically to a place of sorrow, a place where people in their right minds tried to avoid. A graveyard was a reflection of the physical and the mental condition that he was in. You ready? It was a place of hopelessness. Because every person who was taken to that place remained in that place. They were not coming out of that place. They were there to stay because the bars of their prison were the bars of death. And up to this point, no one had ever escaped from the prison of death. So get this. Even though the spirits would empower him to break chains and break fetters and break all of those things. These spirits would never let him leave this place of death, hopelessness, and sorrow. It kept him in this place. This was the end of the line for humanity or the end of the line of everybody that was in that area. Everybody that lived in that area, they realized... When you get to the end of your life, guess where you're going? You're going where these spirits are holding this man captive right now. You say, wait a minute, the people in the city made him stay there. The people could not control him. The very verse says he could not be tamed. And that word means to control or take control of. They couldn't control where he was going. He went anywhere he wanted to go. But the spirits was control him in the spirit said, I'm going to, I'm preaching somebody today. I'm going to hold you in this place of hopelessness where you have no hope, you have nowhere you can go, and you can't personally get out of this place right now. Folks, there are spirits that are working today. Now get this, every tomb that he looked at, every grave that he looked at was a testimony of the power of death to him. Every day he faced reality of death. His humanity was looking at death. Every single day he was looking at death. Does somebody understand what the spirits are trying to do to humanity? What's going on? The value of life. There is no value of life. You have to understand we're not dealing with some protest over this issue or that issue. We're dealing with spirits that are just absolute wicked and straight from hell. And it's not what's happened in the last few weeks or months. I'm talking about the last years this spirit is starting to take control. You're saying you don't know what to talk about. Yesterday in Los Angeles, two police officers setting son of a police place. Both of them have just been sworn in just one year. The lady that is there, she has a six-year-old kid. A man walked up with a bullet, a gun, and started firing bullets into the, into the vehicle and shot both of them while they were sitting in their patrol car. Done nothing to them, unprovoked, just shot them right there. They're both in critical condition today, but this is what you have to get the message. Go and look at the videos. It will literally blow your mind. The police had to build a barricade around the hospital. Why? Because the people outside of the hospital, and I cannot repeat the language they're using, they're yelling and screaming, let them die, let them die, let them die, let them die. 
Do you understand what we are dealing with in, here, in this world? Folks, we're dealing with a spirit that the spirit that took a hold of that man took him to the place of death and to a place of hopelessness. Folks, this is not just humanity that are yelling these things. It is spirits that are provoking people and pushing people to say things that are absolutely blowing our mind, folks. We are living in a world where we are facing spirits like we have never faced before. We're dealing with things like we have never, ever dealt with before. Again, every one of those graves, every one of those was a testimony of the power of death. It was a testimony of what? Of the master of death. Who had created and made all of this possible? Who was the one that made these tombs possible and these graves possible? And why was there a graveyard? There's a graveyard because there's a devil. There's a graveyard because there's a Satan. Hey, God created humanity and they wasn't going to die until he came in with his spirit of deception and began to lie to Eve in the garden. Even and he brought death onto the thing. So here he is bringing this man into his stronghold as the master of death, the place that he had created him himself. See, God did not create death. The devil is the one who brought that about. So he is here in his stronghold. The objective of the devil, these spirits and hell itself is what? It's clearly written in the word. He comes to steal. Come on, he comes to steal. Kill and destroy. The devil is not going to help you to be better. He's always going to take everything that has value to you. He stole his own self-respect from this guy. His own respect. He had ripped off every bit of his clothes and made him naked, folks. He had told, totally tore everything from him, ripped everything from him. This guy was feared by the people. He had lost all respect from the people. They had wanted nothing. The devil will tear you up, steal everything from you, and then kill you if he can. Honey, why in the world would you want to ever serve a master like that when you can serve a master who's the God of life and help and strength and builds you up and strengthens you and helps you to be better? <laughs> to me, it's a no-brainer. But look at the physical location. This is the stronghold of the devil. And no one had ever escaped from this stronghold of the devil called death. I believe it's important, important to the devil to keep him in this graveyard. Now, I want you to look at verse number 5. As we read today as our scripture text of Mark chapter 5. I'm going somewhere, but I'm laying a foundation before I get there. And always, night and day, he was in the mountain and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Can I insert that the devil loves to torment humanity? And can I insert that the man was tormented both day and... Why are so many people on medication? Because they're being tormented both day and night. Take a pill to wake up and they take a pill to go to sleep. They take a pill to deal with what's going on in their life during the day and help them with their anxiety and their fears they have during the day. I'm telling you what, this, the spirits of this world are wreaking havoc on humanity, folks. And can I tell you, we are the ones who have the real answer. This church and the apostolic movement is the ones who have the real answer. The devil will never give you time off or let you have a break when you are living in sin. See, he was cutting himself with stones, and again, the devil loves to make you suffer, folks. The devil likes to confuse us, so we inflict pain even upon ourselves. We do. Sometimes our greatest enemy is ourselves. Somebody shout amen right there. The problem is we can't get ourselves out of our situation. This man could not get himself out of the... Let me tell you something. The devil loves to drive us to a place of despair. I know what I'm talking about. He loves to drive us to a place of hopelessness so you cannot find any hope. Look at verse 3 because we read verse 5. Now look at verse 3 and 4. Again, I'm laying a foundation today because I believe God's got a message for somebody in this house. 
Verse 3 says, Who had his dwellings among the tombs and no man could bind him? No, not with chains. This is so crazy. Because that he had been often bound with feathers and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Folks, we are living in a world where good intentioned people are trying to use physical and material means to help people out of spiritual problems. Can I say this? Even the Christian world is trying to use their resources to somehow work people out of things that spirits are tormenting them in. And we have the message that's not about money, drugs, or this 10-step program you need to go through. We have a three-step program. Come on, can I get a witness in the house? And it's, a, it's one that it will blow your mind. Our three-step program that the apostolic church is promoting is this. Not to have more confidence in yourself or to believe you can or always say I'm a recovering alcoholic or I'm a recovering this or that. No! I want you to get to the point when you go through these three steps that you're not saying I'm a recovering. You're saying I'm a child of the king and I have been delivered from all of that stuff. I'm never going back. See, we are promoting a three-step. This is the three-step. Repent of all of your sins. It's where you ask God, say, God, forgive me, Lord. I need forgiveness right now. Come on, anybody had that first step before? Then we got another step. Man, this seems like a weird three-step program. What are you doing? You're going to try to drown this now? That's not called drowning you. It's called baptism. It's when we take you into a watery grave. We set you down in there. We begin to pray over you. And then we say, in the name of Jesus, I baptize you. Boom! And then we go down in a watery grave. Then the third step is when you're going to get true deliverance, folks. When you rise and begin to lift your head, speak in tongues that the Holy Ghost gives you, oh God, utterance. That's our three-step plan. Thank God for deliverance. And no spirit of this world can stop me from being delivered. Oh, somebody who's been delivered needs to clap your hands and shout it to the Lord today. Woo, hallelujah. 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 Oh, my Lord and my God. Oh, yeah, I hear the messages. The messages say this. You know what you need to do? You need to do more exercise. I agree with that. More exercise would help you. So I'm going to come to the house of God, and I'm going to exercise. I'm going to dance before the Lord. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do my exercise. What is not exercise? It's praise. I'm going to let God know I love you and let the devil know you have no control over me anymore. Come on, some of you that's been battling and things are trying to pull you back, you need to start praising yourself out of that situation. You need to start worshiping yourself out of that situation. You know, here's another thing. This is what they'll tell you too in some of these programs. They say this, you need to find yourself a good support group. Really? I got a good support group. I got a family of God. That's my support group. I don't need enough to knucklehead other people. I need those that have been delivered by the power of God and by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know where you came from. I know where I came from. And we can do our exercise together and worship and pray. Somebody needs to put your hands together. Somebody needs to let God know you love him for deliverance. Woo, thank God for deliverance, folks. Hallelujah. Man, I'm going to tell you, I don't know about you, but I can't make it without the family of God. I love all you guys. I love all you guys. You can say all the bad things you want to about me. I don't give a rip. I still love you all to pieces. And guess what? Someday you may need us. Because we're going to love you unconditionally. Now get this, in this story, 
Look at it as it goes through here. Did you realize there are only two voices that are speaking? There's a voice of captivity and the voice of freedom. Look in the story. Just two voices. This is the voice of captivity. What have I to do with thee, Jesus? Thou son. You ready? Of the most high God. In my study, and it was so interesting because they use this term, the most high God. Now, this is interesting to me. I didn't even know this until I was in my study. There's a Hebrew word that's used for that whole entire little phrase right there I found out. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's Elin, I think. Elin. You ready for this? That is the exact same word that the Canaanites used to refer to the God of Israel. Throughout history, several of these secular writers back in those days used that same word saying the Most High God in their writings referring to the God of the children of Israel. Why? Because, folks, the spirit that was here was the spirit that the children of Israel was facing when they were trying to get into the... Does you know anybody know where God had sent them to? What was the land of promise? The land of promise was the land of Canaan. Do anybody know who would live in a land of Canaan? It might be the Canaanites. So the voice of the people and the words they were using to refer to as the God of the children of Israel, the people who's trying to take over their land and where they're at, or take the promised land that God is, they're calling or referring to Him the same as the Spirit. Somebody got to get, you got to get your mind around this thing. Maybe this is just too deep. But what is Jesus doing here? The voice of freedom is trying to take back His property. Children of Israel going in to take possession of the promised land, the land of Canaan, and they're referring to them. They're seeing Him. They're referring to Him as the same. They're saying the Most High God is the God we see in this people that's coming. They're seeing Him in the people. They can't see God. All they're seeing is this Most High God reflected in the people of God that is coming to take the promised land. And here they are. God is showing up and the Spirit is saying the Most High God are using exactly the same word. Why? Because the objective is the same. God did not create this human being that was here in these graveyards to be dominated by the spirits or dominated by the devil. He created him with purpose and purpose what is to worship him in spirit and in truth. And now its spirits have taken control of him and God shows up and says, I'm taking back what I created and what is mine and it's this, come on somebody. And the spirits are saying, no, 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 you can't have him. And here's that voice again. Now look at what this is so interesting. It says, thou son of the most high God, what have I have to do with you? Isn't it so interesting that these spirits are reaffirming the lines and the difference between the two? What have I had to do with you? We're completely different. We, because this is the spirits, these are the ones or the falling angels that fail with Lucifer. These are the spirits you're dealing with in this thing. They're the very spirits that were the ones who fail. So in this thing, they're saying, what do we have to do? We rebelled against you. We already been kicked out. We don't have anything to do. We're in a totally different kingdom. And they're making this distinction. What are we to do with you? Leave us alone. We have nothing to do. We left you alone. We don't want you to bother us. Somebody needs to understand, we're not playing games. This is a spiritual battle and we're fighting real spirits, powerful spirits, even dominating spirits that are causing people to take their own life or take somebody else's life or make somebody's life miserable. Do you think we in our humanity is going to be able to make a difference in this world? Do you think we can show up with a few chains and fetters? And by, that's what I think is so crazy about that saying. It says he was often bound with chains and fetters. Can you get a visual of that? Think about a guy that can take a chain and go like this, snap. How many guys do you think it took to take him down and bind him with a chain to start with? Have you thought about that? 
If he was bound with chains and fetters, he didn't just say, okay, wrap me up, tie me up, tangled all up in Jesus. No. Folks, they had to physically try to take control of him, get him in chains, and they'd think, okay, we got him, we got him, we got him. And all of a sudden, Popeye eats the spinach, and boom, pops out of those things and breaks those things, breaks the fetters like there was nothing there. Can you imagine what that would happen to those people? That's the reason why they didn't mess with him anymore. Because after you got him in chains and you think, hey, I got this victory and it looks like I'm preaching. And it looks like you've been able through your own physical means to be able to bind this spirit and take control of this and tame this. And all of a sudden, because the spirits are so powerful, they snapped that thing. Then they said, I can't help you anymore. And we got people that are saying, we can't help you anymore. There's nothing we can do. But the church should always have a message of hope. We should never mark somebody off and say, they went too far. You're too bad. No, my Lord and my God. I have a God that's greater than every spirit, greater than anything you're facing. Fader. Come on. We got a God that's a God of hope, folks. When humanity can't do anything, my God can do anything, folks. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. I'm getting close to being done today. Church, the spirits of this world is beginning to make it clear that there is definitely a difference between them and us. In the last few months, this separation and this distinction between right and wrong and between the spirit of the church and the spirit of the world, folks, it's becoming very, very clear. It's becoming a big old chasm between us now. There were some things before, okay, we could be kind of close. But man, I'm telling you, in the last few months, you can tell me, I'm going to tell you this. I believe there's one real reason why. It's because there's about to be a revival of deliverance. And the enemy is flexing its muscles to try to stop the church from having the right. You're saying it's not happening. Oh, yes, it was. I've talked to three different pastors this week. Every one of them baptized someone this week. And every one of them had somebody receive the Holy Ghost week. Where? Out there in Hula Buddha land? No, in the state of Oregon. Right here in the stronghold of the enemy. They had it happen. Let me tell you something. People can still get the Holy Ghost right here in the Portland area. People can still be baptized in the name of Jesus right here in this Portland area. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We serve a mighty God, church. Woo, somebody clap your hands and shout amen if you're hearing me today. Oh, my God. I'm about to get to the end of my message. I'm hurrying there as fast as I can. Because some of you did not drink enough coffee this morning. Let me make you sure you understand there are still two voices in this world today. The voice of captivity and the voice of freedom. It's not political. It's not political. This is spiritual. Spirit of captivity and a spirit of freedom. And every single person in this house is going to be controlled by one of those two spirits. You're going to have one of those two spirits that is giving you direction in your life. The spirit of captivity in that guy was controlling all of his actions. Where he went, come on, I'm preaching. Where he could not go, what he could wear. Uh oh, so everybody's saying, boy, it's getting really quiet right there. You, you guys hear that? Just went, like, we kind of went to that lower level right there. Maybe that's the coffee just kind of went away out of your body right there. I feel, see, feel that right there. And what we could even wear. Controlling everything about this individual. If a spirit of this world can control to that extent, and I believe there also needs to be another spirit that can control even greater. Yeah. Amen. I don't know about you, but this story is extremely encouraging to me. Can somebody say amen? amen. See, the truth is known. I, I, I'm sure that this individual's choices played a part in him ending up in that graveyard. 
I don't believe that the spirit of this world just randomly chose him, but I wonder how many poor choices he made or how close to the lines he got or how often he went over the lines. And position, I'm talking to somebody, position himself in a place so that spirit could then start taking control of him. You better be careful the choices you're making because you may think you're only crossing a few little do's and don'ts of the palace of praise, but you may under, not realize you're actually maybe crossing a line where God doesn't want you to go into places of spiritual things that you will never be able to get out of or deliver yourself from. And your choices could be putting you in a place so that the voice of captivity is giving you direction on which way you go. I feel something right there in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you what the Lord just popped in mind. I'm talking to some teenagers in this house. I'm talking to some teenagers in this house. You're looking at stuff on the internet right now. I'm telling you, this is not in my notes and then you think you're looking at some stuff on the internet. You think you're playing games and nobody knows. But what is happening, you're crossing a line right now. And the Holy Ghost is telling you right here in this service, you are dealing with spirits right now that's about to take control of your mind and you, and you're going to do things you would never have ever done in your own flesh and in your right mind, but you're going to lose your own reasoning because your human reasoning is not going to be able to control the spirits that are going to take... I'm, I'm, I, none of this was in my notes, and I have not even thought about this. I'm telling you what I'm feeling in the Holy Ghost is He given to me right now in this house. Somebody in this house, some teenager, you better get off the internet and stop looking at those pictures you're looking at and looking at that stuff that's stirring up stuff in your flesh that you cannot satisfy legally according to the word of God. Oh my Lord, in the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit that's coming against every child and every young person at the palace of prayer. God, I take the authority of the word today and speak the very voice, oh God, of freedom into these today. I'm asking you, God, bind the spirits, Lord, that are working in our homes. Bind the spirits that are hindering some of our kids, that are hindering even their very thoughts. My Lord and my God, help them, Lord Jesus, I pray, God, to know that you are the voice of freedom, you are the voice of truth, and in the name of Jesus, I plead your blood over their minds and over their hearts right now. In the name of Jesus, listen to me, church. Listen to me. Voices have been speaking to people in this church, and you have even been visiting some websites that you have been looking at information that is anti-apostolic. You've been reading some stuff where people are saying, the Holy Ghost is not real. Truth is right now not real. The Holy Ghost is not real, and you don't need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Right now, I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus, and I bind that spirit right now. God, loose some minds in this house that are questioning the reality of a God of truth in the name somebody shout in Jesus name come on somebody shout in Jesus name somebody needs to plead the blood over your home and over this church right now somebody is battling with truth itself and the spirit of error and the spirit is trying to pull them right now Oh, in the name of Jesus, God, bind this thing, God. Bind this spirit, God. Bind this spirit of captivity, Lord. In the name of Jesus, God, help them, Lord, not to question who you are. God, help them not to question truth itself, God, but to truly, Lord, be in love with your word and with truth. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost moving in this house right now. I feel the power of God moving in this house right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. God wants to give to, I got more notes, but I feel like there's a spirit of God moving into the house for deliverance right now. Somebody needs their chain broken. Somebody needs deliverance in their thought. Somebody needs deliverance, oh God, from things that are holding on to them. Somebody needs deliverance for pornography right now. That thing is taking control of you and is about to destroy your marriage. You better get a hold of it. I don't know if I'm talking to someone in the house or someone who's online, but you better plead the blood of Jesus. You better ask for the voice of deliverance. You better ask for the voice of deliverance in your life. 
Oh my God, Lord, speak to our children. God, speak to some teenager that's dallying in things they don't need to be dallying with, God, that is testing things in the spirit realm. God, bring them back to truth. God, bring them back to the voice from the pulpit today, God. In the name of Jesus, Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we need direction. We need direction in the Holy Ghost. We need direction in the Spirit of God. We need direction, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to start speaking in tongues. Come on, the devil's ravished you for too long. The devil's beat you up for too long. The devil's lied for you too long. You've been confused too long. You say, I've been trying to get out of this. I've been trying to get free. Honey, you just need to listen to the voice of freedom. He's speaking to you today for who the Son hath made free. He is free indeed. There's a voice speaking to you today. Raise your hands. Pray. Repent. Put things on the altar today. Come on, I need some teenagers that will stop playing with these things and start getting a hold of God. Woo, come on. Somebody begin to pray. I need some people to intercede right now. I need somebody to get a hold of God that's full of the Holy Ghost. We're fighting for souls right now. I'm trying to pull somebody out of hell right now. Come on, I need somebody right now praying. to pray. Somebody needs to start calling some names before God right now. I should have some young people that are humbling their self before God. I got a message I could finish, but God is preaching now. God is working now. The spirit of the voice of truth is moving into this house right now. He's wanting to speak into your life. Oh, Come on, a spirit of perversion's been talking to someone. It's been telling you that there is no difference between liking a girl and a boy and everything is all right. That's the spirit of confusion that's speaking in your life. It's a spirit that's trying to get you to walk away from truth by the power, the power of God it delivers right now I bind that spirit, I bind that lie that's speaking to you God has set boundaries in his word you need to get inside of the boundary you need to let the spirit talk to you and let this be a confirmation that God loves you because he's speaking to you right now come on, I bind that spirit of perversion and I ask there to be a spirit of clarity and truth released in your minds right now. The only thing that's going to help you is to fall in love with God in truth. You better give your life to God right now until you speak in tongues because you're walking on a line and you're about to cross it. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. Oh my God. Come on. Come on. I'm done preaching. Somebody wants to hit the altar, you're welcome to. I'm done preaching. God wants to give somebody deliverance today. Oh God, let your spirit, God, go to every home that's hearing this message. Let it go, oh God, into every place, Lord, right now, God. Let the spirit, oh Lord, of liberty and the voice of freedom speak, oh God, in every home right now. Let it speak to a backslider that's listening right now and let them know you love them and they can be delivered, Lord, from where they are. God, they've tried to get deliverance before. 
before, but God now speak as the king of glory into their lives right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. I need somebody to avail before God as a mother giving birth. We're giving birth in the house. We're giving birth on the internet. We're giving birth in homes. God is breaking some chains right now. Oh, oh, come on, hear the voice of liberty. Hear the voice of truth, God, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, young people. I want some of you to start talking in tongues that the Holy Ghost gives you utterance. You need to be fighting for your own friends. You need to be fighting for those at your age. You need to be fighting for those young kids that don't even know what the battle's all about. Come on, some of you teenagers have got power with God. You need to flex your muscles and the Holy Ghost in prayer right now. Let God know whose side you're on. Woo! Shut up, hey, I 